scripture reading today comes from the book of Acts. We just finished the end of Luke chapter 24, and so today we start a new series, and uh, let's hear the words from Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After this, after his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them for 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? And he replied, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. And they said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up towards heaven? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I've been excited for us to get here into the book of Acts. Uh, I enjoyed reading with Luke through Luke chapter 24 as we work through our, our Easter series about you know, what headlines are you sharing? Are you sharing good news or bad news? How do you live that out? And I think one of the things that that spoke to me about that topic was when we hear so many bad things going on in the world, many of us feel so discouraged because we feel powerless to do anything about it. And so as you watch more and more difficult things and you feel less and less capable, you start getting more and more frustrated, more and more fearful, more and more angry. But you don't know how to take any of that energy and go do something to make a difference. And so what I'm excited about as we read through the book of Acts is to see that that God did not create us or redeem us to be powerless people, but he empowers us for a purpose. We have things we're called to do, things that we are meant to be about to bring good news to the world around us, to celebrate what God's doing. And so in this series, we're going to look at a bunch of stories and acts where we're going to see where power is at work in the story. And one of the things that I love about this story is you did not have to be with us through Luke 24, because Acts gives us a little bit of a last week in the Gospel of Luke. And it's a flashback at the beginning of, of the episode, so to speak. Uh, and it, it makes me think about when you have a cliffhanger season finale, and you're left waiting and waiting and waiting, what's the next story going to be? Uh, this, this predates my time, but maybe some of you might remember things like who shot JR. And I can't imagine at the time when you're waiting for the next several months of like, what's the resolution to the story? And you start back up and you think, okay, well, maybe there's been buzz about this story in the meantime, and not everybody has caught the full first story. But let me remind some of you of what's happened. And so the first five verses of this chapter is a little recap. In case you've forgotten, in case you haven't heard, in that first book, Theophilus, 
And if you remember, uh, either the lover of God or God's beloved, something about that name feels applicable to all who read this text. I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day he was taken up to heaven. Uh, that's a little bit summary of like, surely he did more and said more than what you wrote, but we'll grant you that. Yes, you talked about from his birth to his crucifixion and resurrection. You've told us a little bit about that whole story. And after giving instruction through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. So after the resurrection, he gives some instructions. He talks about the Spirit. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs. And we saw that in Luke 24. He shows up and uh, he's eating food with people. He's saying, hey, touch my, my scars. Hey, I'm real. He's got, given them many convincing proofs. He appeared to them. We didn't get the time factor before, but for 40 days, speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you've heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so, in case you've forgotten, uh, Luke's gospel begins with the story about John the Baptist's birth. So he starts mentioning John, talking about John's baptism with water and this language about baptizing with the Holy Spirit. He's going all the way back to the beginning of Luke and saying, hey, in case you forgot, I foreshadowed where this story was going a long, long time ago. And so in Luke chapter 3, Luke writes, as the people were filled with expectation and questioning whether John might be the Messiah, John answered them saying, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I is coming, and I'm not worthy of untying the strap of his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And so this little callback works in a lot of ways. It's not just a reminder of what's happened. It's a preview. It's a little taste of where the story is going. And uh, it's, it's like, okay, you, you remember the scene. Hold on to it because it's going to be really important in what's coming up. And so when we get to Pentecost and tongues of fire, that'll be relevant. But know that if you thought what happened was already great, it's going to get even greater. Because the Spirit is coming with fire. And so this story then, it picks up where the last chapter left off. And it's like we get to revisit that scene, sit with it a little longer, and get some thematic things that are going to be important to us throughout the rest of this book. And so Last week, we already saw the disciples are there gathered together. Jesus is going to tell them that they're supposed to be witnesses, and he's going to ascend and disappear, and, and they're going to be left with what to do now. But now we're revisiting that story with some slightly different focus today. And so the first thing that Luke wants us to know in Acts chapter 1 is that when we receive power, there's a, a time note at work. When the disciples had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, I feel like this might be the most relatable story to the road trip in the car when the kids keep asking, are we there yet? We've already had the whole Gospel of Luke, and we hear the disciples here at the beginning of Acts say, isn't it time? Hey, Jesus, are we there yet? Please, like, aren't you restoring the kingdom to Israel? Is it the right time yet? And Jesus responds to them and says, 
It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority. Maybe dads might remember that note. It's a good verse if you want to quote, are we there yet on the ride? And you say, well, Johnny, it, it is not for you to know the times or the periods that the Father has set by his own authority. Stop asking. But there's something about us that we want to get to the destination. It's not because the destination is a bad thing to be at. Of course we want to be at the destination. But we all kind of want to skip ahead. And we don't want to watch the filler episodes in the middle of the season. We want to just get to where's the finale, where's the conclusion. I want the high point, the celebration moment. Isn't it time yet? And I know for many of us, you've struggled maybe with health, relationships that are broken. You've, you've had experiences where you're like, I just want to be to the end of this because I want to get to the part where it all works out. I want to get to the part where it's just the joy and celebration. I'm not along for this ride being too excited about it right now. I want to be at the destination. And that's an easy longing for us all to have. Can it just be the right time right now? But Jesus has a different time thing that he says in a second. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Do you want to know when you are going to use power? When the Spirit moves in you, that's the time to move. So you're going to want some like just endpoint destination. But whenever the Spirit moves in you for you to be empowered, that is the right time to act. So they are going to sit around in Jerusalem for a little while. But once they feel the Spirit move in their lives, now is the moment, not for the end point, but for the work along the way, the meaningful work, the transforming work that brings others along on that journey. So you're just not by yourselves on that journey. But when, when is this all going to happen? Well, whenever the Spirit shows up, that's the moment for you. Don't just worry about the end point. Watch for when the Spirit moves. Now, their question had a second aspect to it that has to be addressed. They didn't just want to know when. They had a very specific request about that power. They said, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? And we've seen along the way, they have a very self-focused interest, which we can understand. But they want to know when they get power for themselves. I want to know when Israel becomes powerful again. I want to know when we get to be the champions, when we get to be the powerful. When do we get to be put first? When do we get the, the, the honor and all of the celebration and, and the party of like, man, it's great to be in Israel right now. So they want to know when that power can help them. And I think that's an easy temptation. Hey God, when is the right time and when do we get our power? Uh, there's a temptation in all spiritual walks for us to turn prayer life into the genie wish list. All right, if you had three wishes today, all right, let's keep my prayer list to three. I've got three wishes today. I don't want to get too greedy. Three wishes of what I want, God. I want to receive power. I want my group to win. I want to see everybody else realize that my group should win. We become very self-focused very easily. And so they, they pray for their own power. And I was thinking about, 
if you were to think about like what's the most, like the highlight moments of your life, like the pinnacle best experiences of your life, it might be a relationship moment, it might, you know, whatever that might be for you, you probably couldn't have prayed for that thing 10 years earlier. You wouldn't have known how to ask for that precious moment in your life. We don't know how to pray well enough because we can't see all the possibilities. We don't understand how everything plays together. And there's a little bit of a trust of saying, God, I trust that you are going to empower me to do the things that you want me to do. And eventually I will see the beauty of it, even when I don't understand it all the time. But Lord, give me power that I'm not even necessarily asking for. And sometimes don't give me the power that I'm asking for. I want to do something and maybe it's not right for me. But these disciples, they don't even know how to ask for the right things in the story. And so they ask, you know, is it the right time for the kingdom of Israel? And so how many of us spend our lives asking God for the wrong kinds of power? We ask our God for, you know, powers to win whatever argument, whatever fight, whatever culture war, whatever thing that's on our minds at the moment. But maybe that's not what God wants in that moment. Maybe God's doing something bigger and more grander than what we expect. And so the beauty in this story is they ask, Lord, hey, when's the right time where God's going to empower the kingdom to come back to Israel? And Jesus' reply, very pointed, says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. They're like, this is great. And in all of Judea and Samaria, not as great, okay. And to the ends of the earth. You wanted the kingdom to go to Israel, and I'm sending you to the ends of the earth. This is everyone's, like, I think, like childhood uh, discipleship, like, like greatest fear. What if I fall, follow God and he invites me and sends me to some place I don't want to go? There's always that little, like, oh no, what is, God's going to send me to the place I last want to go in life. But God's going to empower them and send them to the ends of the earth. And that's meaningful and beautiful for the ends of the earth, but also for those disciples. Because they need to see that they need to be witnesses, not just where it's comfortable and convenient, but in other places. And that, that experience will grow them, will change them, will reshape them too. And so if you start asking God, God, give me power, do not be surprised when God gives you power to do things you don't expect to do in places you don't expect to go. And so if you pray, God, give me power, give me strength, give me courage, don't be surprised when that courage and that strength takes you in unexpected directions. And so we saw last week, Jesus then departs and he says, hey, you're going to be my witnesses. Sure, I could stay here and keep telling everybody, but I want you to tell people. I want you to live this out. And so Jesus is just disappearing, ascending into the sky, and the disciples are left just staring. And they're just looking up, looking up. And I love that God has to send presumably two angels in the story. They're not specifically called angels. It feels angelic, these two men dressed in white. And these two people say, hey, why are you standing looking up towards heaven? Jesus, he, he was taken away this way, he'll come back. Why are you just staring up 
into the heavens. It's easy to get your vision, your scope set. Again, it's a little bit of another variation of on the end point, on the trajectory of like, I want to just be at the destination. And I'm just going to stare up at heaven and hope God just does something, but I'm not sure that, wait, I'm supposed to do something? Wait, this is partly my story? I've got to go do something? What am I supposed to do? And the angel's like, hey, stop looking up. Don't worry, he'll be back. You've got work to do. You've got to turn your eyes from just staring up at heaven and look around you. You're never going to get to the ends of the earth continually staring upward. You've got to look around. And so I was thinking about, um, it's NBA conference finals time, playoffs are happening, and there's this ongoing discussion that happens in the sport of basketball around uh, when you have a superstar athlete who is above and beyond everybody else on the team, and there's a temptation to play hero ball, which is their language of saying, let that one person do everything. Just get out of the way, let them score their points, let them get all of their stats. And the temptation is that everybody on the court wants to stare at the superstar. So if you're on defense, everyone suddenly is staring at the superstar. And all your focus is there. And then you might lose sight of the person you're supposed to be covering. And so the defense gets fixated on the superstar. But the offense also can get fixated on the superstar where everyone is just standing around watching, thinking, you know, pick your person throughout the ages, uh, the Michael Jordans, the Kobe's, the LeBron's of, well, they're going to score, so I'm just going to stand around. Maybe I might have to take a shot every once in a while, but I'm just going to sit here and watch. And the challenge is, is it's hard to win that way when, when all of your teammates are just watching because you do need some contributions. And we know in the divine story, God could still win every game on God's own terms. But for whatever reason, God has chosen to play this game and invite us to be witnesses and us to be participants and to step back and say, I want you to be a part of this story. And you can't just stand around and watch, waiting for God to do everything on God's own. Sometimes God has invited you to be a part of it, to take the shot, to be a part of us making it possible for other people to score, making it possible to win the game. And I think so many of us, we just get stuck staring at the sky, thinking, God, I just want you to fix this. And then we don't actually think that we're called to do anything to help in that process. God, I wish that I wish there wasn't any more uh, poverty. God, I wish there wasn't any more racism. God, I wish there wasn't any more greed. But it's just like a prayer of just staring at the sky. What can you do about that in your own life? What can you do about that in the lives of those around you? How do you take that to the ends of the earth? Just stop staring up at the sky, and God's given you power. God's given you a task, a calling to be witnesses no matter where you go. And so I hope that in this season you might be reminded that you are not a a powerless person, that God who created humanity and breathed God's Spirit into humanity to bring life also brings God's power and strength that we sometimes use for destructive purposes, but who God invites us to be witnesses to create with God the beauty that we get to celebrate along the way? Can we be a part of new creation with God? And I think if we want change to happen, if we want the world to be a better place, we have to partner with God, we have to be available, 
We have to say yes when God moves on our, on our own time. Like, I wasn't expecting this now, okay, but the Spirit's calling me. If God ever says, hey, you should reach out to that person. Hey, you should invite them to coffee. Hey, you should, you should write them a note. The time for God's power is right then. Say yes to it. And as you say yes to it, you might notice that people around you see that, that you're a witness to it, that, that maybe they start saying yes to it. And maybe things might just change. And so I was trying to think, what's the best way for all of us to be reminded that we are not powerless, that God says you will have power, you are to be witnesses? And so I thought maybe the best thing for us is maybe it would be useful to have something tangible. So um, I've got something for us today. Uh, we made a few things, okay? The first is, these are what's called fake batteries. I didn't want to hand out a bunch of actual batteries, chemicals, all that fun stuff. These are hollow inside. Uh, they say on there, you will receive power, Acts 1.8. And so everyone in the this, in this space, as you go out, I invite you to take a, a battery with you that you can carry around. And whenever you feel incapable of moving forward, whenever you feel uh, without power, whenever you feel like you need God's reminder uh, to be courageous, that maybe this just can be a token. Say, hey, God said you will receive power. No matter how powerless you feel, be reminded that God is the one who recharges you, whose spirit moves in you. And what's interesting with these batteries is, like, again, they're, they're hollow, and you'll see for yourself it's a weird feeling because it's like that metallic feeling of batteries, but the weight's off. You're like, oh, there's nothing in this. Uh, but you, you might not know, like, the reason that they have these fake batteries is because they also make some more powerful batteries that have extra voltage than normal. And so, like, normally I think double A's are 1.5 volts, and this is like 3.2. Uh, but if I were to put this one extra-powered battery in it, and let's say stand in for God in this, if I put the one battery in the flashlight and it needs two batteries, it's not going to make a connection because there's no connection to the circuit. But this thing that has no power, you put it in there, and if you remember which direction to put it in there, it has power, even though one of the batteries has nothing inherent inside of it. It's just by being plugged in to the one who has power that it's able to work. And so for each of us, when you feel powerless, be reminded, I am connected to the one who is the creator of all things. This ground I'm above, the sky I'm below, the starlight that travels millions of light years to get to the spot, the heat or the cool air, all things that I see, God made these things. God made me. God did not make me in vain. God loves me. God empowers me to be a witness to who God is. And so I want these to be a token for you. I, I will say we've got a little bit of extras. If you watch us online and you're in the area, please drive by, come pick one up. If you can't get out, please contact the church office. We'd love to mail one to you. Um, but we also got one more thing for you. We got some like punch cards. Uh, power rewards card. It says on here, 
Uh, Instead of hiding from challenges in your day, use your God-given power to overcome. Whenever you do something difficult, cross off a number. I hope you hear the pun there. Cross off a number. After nine hard things, reward yourself with a treat and gratitude to God for being stronger than you may have expected. And so if you're just going about your day and you're like, that was not easy. I prayed God did something. I was able to overcome that thing. Just mark it off as a reminder that you can do hard things through God. And maybe as you mark one off, then the next time you're a little bit afraid of, like, I don't know if I can do that thing, you're like, hey, I, I can actually do hard things with God. And then you start looking forward to it. Because then you start going, I want to mark another thing off of my card. You start, instead of running away from opportunities that might scare you, maybe you might lean into where God is calling you uh, on your everyday journey. And so my hope for us, as we read through the book of Acts, as we see a bunch of disciples who like betrayed Jesus, who like denied him, who suddenly feel empowered and are able to go to the ends of the earth. And their vantage point wasn't quite fully complete, but when they get to Rome, they feel like they've really made it. Because your enemy feels like the ends of the earth. But these people who were afraid became empowered, who weren't afraid of being imprisoned, who weren't afraid of being stoned, but lived for God. And that spirit who moved in them moves in each of us. And so God told us, you will have power to be witnesses. May we be faithful. May we live up to this beautiful journey God has put in front of us. Would you pray with me? Lord, we come before you acknowledging that uh, sometimes we've let our weaknesses get in the way. We've been like Moses and said, Lord, I can't, I can't be the one to talk, can I? We've felt the fear of, of giants, unwilling to go to battle. Lord, we ask that you might help us to see your loving forgiveness and embrace for all the times where we've said no. And that we might also see your outstretched arms at the distance on the horizon, calling us forward to the journey you've put before us. Lord, may we be a people who say yes, who trust the ends of the earth aren't as scary as our mind makes them out to be. But when we get there, we'll realize that you're already there and your love is already reigning. Lord, let us be witnesses. Let our lives privately uh, be pleasing to you. May our family lives be pleasing to you. May our workplaces, our neighborhoods, our church life, Lord, help us to be faithful in living out your calling. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.